Right, let's get into it then. Yeah. Um, hi everybody, welcome to the Ramblings of the South Stand podcast for the third edition um, of this podcast session. And we're going to be talking everything Leeds United today. We've got a few things to talk about. Let's start with the uh, the Bristol City draw last week and we watched it together, didn't we? Yes, we did, Connor, yeah. Uh, it was a interesting interesting game, really. Definitely a game of two halves. Don't know if you yeah. can quite remember it, but I yeah. certainly do. Yeah, so Leeds started the game pretty horrendously uh, for a for a well, I don't think we conceded, did we, for the first ten minutes, which was a which was a good good start for Leeds. Um, but yeah, then it all started tumbling down after then. Bristol City were cutting through us, butter uh, knife through butter really. And uh, yeah, they, they they it was I can't remember the first goal. Was it that Reed? I don't know. I think Bobby yeah. Reed was the second, wasn't he? And they yeah, scored. Yeah, centre forward, wasn't it? Yeah, and they yeah, were just pi- the piling the howler from Vivald, wasn't it? Another one, yeah, yeah. to add to the list. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think it was another game where it was a game of two halves. Like I just said, second half after about sixty minutes, Leeds came back into yeah. it yeah. strongly. A few choice words at half time, I presume. And then by the end of it, we could have won it. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think about, yeah, you think really about the game? Yeah, it I mean, you couldn't say it was um, you know, a game of two halves, could you really, Connor? Because it was probably more, they, I think they probably had at least three quarters of the game. You know, mm. there were moments really, weren't they, in the first and the second half, where we weren't in it at all. And I think I said to you at the end, you know, it was great the way we came back into it and the way the team persevered. The crowd had a big part to play. Yeah, they were massive. They really massive, did have a yeah. big part to can't play. Really under, can't really understand that kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's like I've said that quite often the crowd is a 12th man down there. and um, But really, it comes down to confidence, doesn't it? I mean, that's what I thought. We got to the end of the game. You could see once, I think, uh, once they needed to put the challenge in, didn't they? It got the crowd stoked. The, you know the the momentum within the crowd started to build up. For sure, and then, and as well, didn't just seemed to change. They seemed to believe in themselves, and they really took the game to them. And yeah, like you said, Connor, were really unlucky. And the Soggers last last uh, last touch that they didn't actually get the win. There was a few though, wasn't there? There was the Phillips one which should have gone in. Yeah. There was yeah, a there Forshaw was. one which he was visibly yeah, frustrated himself. But I thought I thought you know like you were saying about the crowd as well. I don't think it's ever been more. Can't even think of myself in my life apart from the the champ the old Champions League games and the Millwall game um, in the semi final where the crowd played such an important role. Yeah. I feel it, it it started out as like irony and sarcasm when they were laying the Leeds yeah. passes because it was that bad. Yeah. But then it it kind of turned into a little bit of uh, it was a bit. It was yeah, pretty it's up. almost like the crowd realised that they did have a part to play and they could change things. Yeah, and then you know, the, but the subst- but the substitutions as well. Yeah. Like I think I think it invigorated the crowd. I think Sacco was brought on, wasn't it, straight yeah. away. There was a lot, you know. It's inconsistent with Sacco, as we all know. But when he does get it right, he does get it right. And I think, yeah, Roof was brought on at the right time as well. I think, I yeah. think, I think he, he really managed it well. And if Phillips had scored, because Phillips yeah. came on as well, if Phillips had scored, that would have been. I think really four four two as well. Connor was quite interesting, wasn't it? You know, because I think when you've got someone like the Sogger up front, yeah, and he's able to to do a lot of the running. I don't think that's really really how it works. And it seemed to work the fact that he had a good running Ekiban. He was up there doing an awful lot of running, and um, he was just he was just taking t- taking the, the scraps from him really, wasn't it? I yeah. thought it really came into his own, and for me, that could be something that that he could look at in the future, you know. And I know he has used Ekiban since as well, so he's yeah, a bit so, of a workhorse, isn't he? Yeah, Ekiban? yeah. I, don't th- I think he needs that. He's prepared to run, isn't he? And he's prepared to put in the effort, and 
you know, I don't think um, a bit like uh, Baduka, I don't think he's ever that kind of player, Lasoga. You know, if he can play off somebody who's prepared to do that work, then we're going to see the best of him. Oh, yeah. So, you know, for me, you know, I think he's been, you know, the big, big pluses in the three games that Hecking Bottom's been in charge, you know, the way Lasoga's really come into his own, I think. Yeah, so then we, obviously, what were your feelings going into Derby then? What were your feelings anyway? Well, it was one of those things, I think off the back of the Bristol game, where I thought, you know, this could go the usual thing, one or two ways, but the cliche, you know, we're going to get a 6-0 hammer and we'll come away with a 3-2 win, you know, and uh, it almost happened that we had we had that win, you know, I think at, at the end of the day, really disappointing conceding at the yeah, end. Yeah, I was, that was sleep, gutted, absolutely you know, at the end of Both halves. But um, you've got you got to look at in, the, in the, you know in the cold light of day. That was actually a really good result. Well, yeah, I think I think I put out on Twitter as well how you know how frustrating it was because, like you say, we go into the game and you're thinking, you know, Derby are on a bit of a they're on a bit of a yeah. halt at the minute. They're not doing as well as yeah. they have been doing, and you're thinking to yourself, maybe you know, I'd, I'd have I'd have taken, of course, you'd have taken a point by the yeah. by the, the start of the game. But I think when we got into it and. You know, we took the lead twice, and uh, yeah. once again, um, just I mean, it's so frustrating, yeah. and we didn't really, not really highlighted just any of the Bristol City game. I mean, we've spoken about it a little bit, but the just the 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 consistent falling apart of the team, the game management is just it's 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 so bad. It's yeah. got to be it's got to be one of if not the worst in the championship. It's yeah. it's it's the fact that Leeds took the lead. Um, at the start, and you were expecting a bit of a response from Derby, and you got that. Um, I think we, we all kind of expected that. But it's for me, you know. Aside from the, I've said it to you downstairs earlier. It's not. It's not just about the the result, really. It's more about that every time the ball was played in behind, I always thought that there's a problem. I mean, we, we've spoken about Weidveld a lot, but not really on the podcast. But how there's 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 a panic that sets in when players won't. You know, like when when the the back yeah. the back pedaling to head the ball because they're worried about yeah. this keeper behind them who he's evidently not vocal, he's evidently not confident coming and collecting the ball, and every time I mean we'll get onto the Brentford game soon, but every time a ball's put in, there's this panic, isn't there? Yeah, well, it's, it's like the comedy of errors, isn't it? You know, with the confusion with two of them going up for this, you know, the ball at the same time and a, and a, and a, a goal resulting from you know from from a, from a derby point of view. It's almost like they don't they don't have a confidence in the keeper. They don't leave it to the keeper to to mop up mop up mop up in areas where he should be. So um, yeah, I just think it's it's it's, it's a confidence thing. Uh, you know, maybe they're not they're not. I don't know whether they're, they're as well prepared as they should be. I know it's still early days for the coach, but but I worry a bit. You know when they come up against the better the better teams that, you know, if it was me and I was an opposing coach, I'd really be getting into leads. We saw Sheffield United, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So Sheffield just did. piling I, pressure. I'd just be getting into leads really from and the Bristol first whistle. Yeah. I'd be getting stuck in, and I'd be making it hard, very very hard for leads right from the first whistle, and that's all opposing coaches have to do. Now we've got to be aware of that. We've got to be aware of that. We've got to play to our strengths. We can't be always playing on the back foot. So it could be confidence. Maybe they could be a little bit sharper in terms of their attitude when they get onto the pitch. I think that the decent players, you know, I think they should be doing better than they are doing. Mm. You know, I, I think they are underperforming. You know, but um, but but really, I think they need to be thinking. You know, we have got the, the, the talent here to do better than we are doing, and they need to be far more focused. I feel. You, know, you come up against Middlesbrough the next game. I know we've not spoken about Brentford yet, but 
you know, come up against Middlesbrough, and I know what I'd be doing from a coach's point of view. I'd be, I'd be hammering leads from the very first whistle, and it'd well, be the same with Wolves. Well, I think, Wolves yeah, comes I, th road. I think, I think it's an interesting point because I think the thing with Leeds is if you, <clears throat> if you're an opposing coach at the minute, and we saw it, it was, I think it was more evident in the Bristol City game how. You know, the big lad at the back, Flint, who obviously you highly rated in that game. And I, I think Flint's a great player. Um, well, at this level anyway, he's not a great player, but he's a good player. And I think it's it's obvious from an opposing coach what you would do and what you'd work on for seven days in training yeah. when you're coming up against Leeds. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. I think, obviously, every team's got weaknesses, but when it's so evident with Leeds and when it works a, a lot of the time, I think, I, think it's, I think it's becoming a bit of a problem. And I think... Like you say, we'll come on to Brentford in a bit, but um, he didn't concede. They, they got a clean sheet, you know, a good day for yeah. Cooper as well. But there's, there's the, the problem is you build from the back and there's there's always a mistake. And, and like you say, if you, I'm not sure, aside from Forshaw and Saez, like you were saying about getting stuck into Leeds, I'm not sure, I'm not sure they have the quality to retain possession. I'm not sure they've got, the quality to be passing the ball four or five times, you know, in an in an offensive position and cut through the teams without those players. So I think, but I think with Weidveld as well, it's not just it's it's not just it's it's an interesting one because you see him and even when he's had a little good spell, and I saw it against Brentford at the weekend. There's there's just this consistent throw out from the back to the left back or the right back, and you see it just brings on leads. There's instant pressure. Because the other other teams have clearly worked on it in training, they know how he how he kind of gets rid of the ball. Yeah. But it, it it really is kind of a defensive and a goalkeeping lapse at the minute, and I don't really know how we can get over it, like we said. Um. But it is yeah, it is a worry. He's got to he's got to sort of impose his own style of play, hasn't he? And you could be right, Connor. You know, maybe these players technically are still trying to find a system that suits them. Mm. You know, do we, do we play the long ball because we're not technically good enough? You know, do we do we launch it from the back straight straight into the penalty area and start start trying to cause problems that way, or do we play it out from the back? I don't think do, we're good, do, I don't do, think do we good enough to play it out from the back. To do it, I don't and maybe think we're what they're trying to do at the moment is that they're, they're not sure which way they're going, and maybe no. that's part of the problem. You know, what do we do? You know, do we get rid? Do we play it long? Do we play it short? Do we try and pass through the middle, get it out to the flanks? They're not really that sure, are they? No. You know, and that's probably where a lot of the confusion's coming. So he's got to find a system that works. He's not going to do it, really, is he? When you think about it from a realistic point of view, it's very difficult for a new coach yeah. to try and impose a system in three or four games and get these players to the point where they're going to be in a position to qualify for the uh, top six. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, don't, I just don't think it's it's realistic for no, it to happen so it's, it's, it's a problem you know I think the best we can hope for really is to try and grind out some good results this is going to be an opportunity for him isn't it over the remainder of the season to decide on who he wants to keep and you know and, and uh, the kind of play that will fit that. into his way I of playing I think he said that in the interview after the after and, um, game, yeah. it's all about next season now you know and, and trying to be as positive as we can this season you never know we might get there top six you don't give up hope um you know, but um, you well, know. if we t well, if we take it back to the the obviously we've finished the derby game there, but obviously so like you say at the end of it is I mean it's two points out of two teams in the top six, so you know I guess you'd see it as a positive, but both games could have been won like we've like we've already covered of the yeah. game management and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so Brentford, um, he brings Anita in 
for Debock, which yeah. I think was much needed. I thought he was absolutely horrendous yeah, against Darwin. He, he was he yeah. was he was really poor. So it's yeah. a real shame. So I know he's. I think yeah. he's. I think he's dividing the ranks at Leeds. But the, the games that I've seen of him so far, he's been good. He's had a little bit of quality, mm. but he really looked out of his depth there. He was. He was. He was seriously poor. So Heckingbottom made that change. Uh, Forshaw was having. Uh, well, his wife was having a child, obviously. So he was brought out. Um, O'Kane was brought back in, um, yeah. and uh, controversially, and um, yeah, Leeds managed to get the win. A game of. Once again, a game of two halves. Brentford came at Leeds yeah. at the start. They got a lot of quality, a lot of football yeah. inability, and obviously they came off the back of a five-nil win yeah. against Birmingham. Um, and yeah, Leeds got the win. Um, but you know, once again, it's one of those things where we were talking earlier, weren't we, about the goal difference? And if we are looking to get into the playoffs, um, which I think I don't know if it's blissful ignorance at the minute, but I think you know it's still realistic. We're only five points off now after Cardiff's win. Um, we need to start putting more chances away. I think and Leeds had a yeah. fair few at the weekend. Yeah, we do. I mean, the good thing at the weekend comes we didn't concede, mm. so that's that's excellent, you know. And let's try and hope that we can keep that going into the next good game, game for Cooper as well. Hopefully, a bit more confidence. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, as we spoke about before, he's not one of my favourite players. You know, mm-hmm. he's, let, he's let the team down, you know, once too often this season. But he actually, but is that is? But do you paying back that? But do you think that's on Saturday with a goal? But do you think that's just? You know, obviously he puts in the effort. I mean, you see it with Dallas and, and Berardi. I think I don't think that they're not the most. You know, you you take a lot of other championship players over them. But do you think it's the fact that like uh, Cooper's just not good enough? He's just not good enough. He puts in the effort for Leeds, but he's just not good enough. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I don't. I don't think he's. he's uh, you know, he's a very very willing player. There's no doubt about that. He's motivated. I just don't see him being a clever player. I think concentration's you know? poor with yeah, him as well, isn't it? Focus. Some, some, uh, so maybe this is not the time to be talking about this because he's rare as that we made yeah, games, well, games ago. Well, so that's what I mean. He rectified yeah, it a bit, didn't he? He did, yeah. And he put in a really good shift, didn't he? You know, and he had a cracking header as well. Mm. So he actually ended up repaying some of the debt that he owes, I think, on uh, you know, with three points on Saturday. I thought he had a really good game. Um, but yeah, you know, it's... it's it's. Um, I thought the Brentford game... It was a dogged performance from Leeds. It was very dogged, you know, they could see that they, um, at times, they were backing off a little bit because they're very good on the ball, aren't they? Actually, quite a good team. Yeah, they are a good team. team. Brent, yeah. Brentford, they do knock it around very well. Yeah. But Leeds contained them. I think they only had real two, 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 two clear attempts on goal throughout the yeah, sort of 90 did. minutes. So that was a really good t- containing job. And... Um, you know, it was a bit. You just mentioned Dallas there. You know, okay, might not be the um, the won most the free kick, didn't they? But but he won that free kick. There was nothing going on. He got hold of the ball. Leads were against it. He ran it, down the they? left, up against it, and got the free kick. And then we got the goal. So that's the kind of determination you're looking for. And and Cooper's got heaps of that. But it's um, we've got just a few technical players, haven't we, Connor? And it's the technical players that you need in your team to to make the difference. You know, they're ones that they're going to spark the ingenuity. They're going to give us a kind of um, Create the chances that we need in a game. So, yeah, we had the um, so we had the one nil victory at the weekend. Uh, the team that were playing on Friday night, uh, they got a three three yeah. draw, which was a good advertisement for uh, Championship football. Yeah. That's I think the weekend was really. I think Forest yeah. won five two as well. Lots of goals. Loads of goals. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not really, I'm not really sure about this one because obviously it was three three versus Sunderland. Which you, I mean, they conceded in the last minute, but yeah. 
which you'd see that as a poor result. The the main star of this season, uh, Triore, who's yeah. the the winger who's actually originally at Barcelona, is a yeah. really good player. Yeah. Um, he actually got sent off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is obviously going to be a positive for Leeds. I don't know if they're they're appealing against it, but it's a Tony Pulis team, so you know it's unusual to be conceding three goals defensively yeah. normally sound. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a tough one for Leeds. I really do. I'm I'm trying not to be negative about it, but. Yeah. I can. It's. It's real. I think it's going to be a tough one. But but if 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 they're seventh and you know obviously we're eleventh, these are the teams that we want to be playing at the minute, aren't they? Yeah, you've also got to think that probably for the majority of the season, Leeds have been in front of Burr in the league, haven't they? It's just this this recent lapse that we've had over the last sort of six to eight weeks where they've managed to nose themselves in front. And we played them, a and bit. they're not a great deal further in front. The goal difference is a lot better than ours, I think. Are they sort of like plus 12, we're plus 4, something like that at the moment? Finances are And again, that's going to be telling, Connor, isn't it? If we do if we do mount a challenge for the top six, because it's not just uh, points, it's goals as well. I'm going to be really conscious of that. I think we've got the lowest goal difference in and amongst the teams vying for that sort of sixth spot now. So that's got to improve. But it's one step at a time. You know, if we can get the defence right, we're not going to concede. We can get one or two goals, especially against Borough. That's really going to work for us. And Leeds have got a good record up there, you know, yeah, right. in recent years. So I think they've only lost but one in. And that horrendous seven, three nil loss. Do you remember that three nil loss with Belushi and the, yeah. the Belushi and, and the, the car yeah. crash that was at when they lost three nil. I think I think I don't think Leeds have been beaten at the Riverside, had they? Up until uh, maybe last season or the season before. So I think the I think record up there is pretty good, isn't it? It's yeah. pretty good. When so, it was Becchio and Co, we always yeah. went up there and did well, didn't we? So I think uh, there's no reason why they, you know we can't be confident. It's going to be a tough ask, but but let's see. You know, for me, Connor, you know, the rest of the season. I think I'm not being negative about this. I think I've just been realistic. You know, it's only five five points away. It's really six when you look at the goal difference at the moment. That's great compared to the way it was just the other day. But I think really, you know, even if we did get in the top six, you know, it's a punt at getting into the top division. It's probably going to be unlikely, even if we did get in, in the top six, that we would get there. You know, when you look at that was the original team, aim, though, wasn't it? And it was the original. So it would be objective yeah. achieved, wouldn't it, from the owner's yeah. point of view? Uh, but I think it really is about building pace. So let's let's just get a good result there, you know. Let's take the positives. This is what he, I'm sure he'll be looking at in the back of his mind. He'll be thinking top six is a bonus. He's got to say to the press that, yeah, we've got a chance and that's where we need to be. Well, of course, that's what we all think. That's what we all want. But yeah. he's, he's really thinking about next season. He's looking at this group of players that he's got and he's already, you know, he's, I'm sure he's already got a firm idea of the kind of people that he wants to keep for next year and the type of player he wants to bring in. Yeah, well, we'll move on to that with the recent comments today in the press conference. But I know we touched on it in the last podcast. But what's your um, what's your overall feel on uh, Hackingbottom at the minute? I know he's only had four games to judge, yeah. but he's had a he's had, for me it was yeah. uh, it was once again I think Sheffield United maybe they they edged it I think uh, with that two the two one win. But I'm talking about performance wise. I think Leeds came into it a little bit more in the second half. Um, I think Bristol City. If you're just giving a general kind of summary of the game, Leeds should have won it. Yeah. Um, I think Derby as well should have won that. Yeah. And I think obviously we've got the win at the weekend. So, I mean, what do you think? Things are a good yeah, start. Yeah, I, I do. You know, I think he's five points out of five points out of uh, yeah. what is it? Is it eight, 18? Is it no? It's not eighteen. It's five points out of uh, five twelve. Out of 12 sorry, eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. Bad maths. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's actually had a decent start, Connor. You know, I wasn't sold on him. You know, you know about that because I didn't really know an awful lot about the guy. 
thought I should have maybe gone for somebody with a little bit more proven experience at this level, but you know, is is uh, is doing is doing a good job at the moment. Mm. We saw from the first two games how we were hit right at the start because we weren't concentrating. I'm sure that, that needs to change, doesn't it? Yeah, that has get, to change. Then you get to, to get the that third right. game against Derby, and that didn't happen. So he changed it around. Okay, in arguably the toughest, in arguably the toughest fixture as well. Yeah, that yeah, one, okay, and it was away, you know, and um, you know, so that was great. So from the first couple of games, we were hit really, you know, a really di- difficult job for us to come round. We was conceding so early, and he could see that, and he changed it for the third game. It was great in the fourth game against Brentford the other day. Uh, that didn't happen either. Obviously, we kept them out for the full ninety. So. That's great. I think he's, he's looked at that and he's, 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 he's signed it up. And maybe he has started to get the concentration levels working the way they should be. You know, As soon as they step on that pitch, they're in the zone. They need to be concentrating immediately as soon as that whistle goes. And let's hope we've got that message. Certainly the last two games, it appears as though they have. They've just got to keep that concentration right the way through the game. And they did that the last game. You know, So they really did contain a very good team. So I think Eckingbottom started it, to be honest with it, it's been difficult. Very we were all expecting the worst. Everybody was talking about this run of games and the teams that we were coming up with. And now I'm actually feeling really, really optimistic about, about Middlesbrough and the run that Wolves are on at the moment. Well, we've got know, them after Borough. And we've got them after Borough. So if we um, can come away with a good result at Borough, you know, it'd be nice to get away, uh, get, get away with a win, but if we don't get that, it's a good draw, it's a good performance. I'd even take a nil-nil of it if we're not conceding. Oh, yeah. I'd take that again, 100%. to be honest. And then that's something to take into the Wolves game. I could really see his uh, smash and grab in that one. So all of a sudden, he has changed the mood. He's, had, he's only had four games. But for me, from my point of view, I'm thinking there could be something, at least out of these next next couple of tough fixtures. Well, yeah, the Borough game's an interesting one because it's... I mean, they've got, they've got, they've got a few out, but... Like we know, I mean, they've spent millions in the yeah. summer. They've brought a lot in. Um, but I think last time we contained them quite well. And I think since then, obviously, with the additions of um, the Bark, who's hopefully going to get back in and start hitting the ground running a little bit more. But especially for Shaw, he's really got a point to prove back there, hasn't he? He has, yeah. It's a game set up for him. And he's going to be down to get into that game. I'm sure he'll be back for it as well. Mm. So he'll have a point to prove. I'm trying to put one over on his, uh, on his old crew up there. So yeah, you know, I think uh, we should be looking forward. So it's a televised game as well. But you saw the so, also um, also on that on that point as well. Just talking about the quality of players, how much of a difference do you think Saez made? He does. He makes all the difference, yeah. doesn't he? You know, you can see things happening when he's on the ball, and uh, it was a shame we didn't have Hernandez there featuring as well for us because there's two really creative oh, players sure. yeah, yeah. for sure as well. So. You know, get those three, get those three there working alongside one another, and all of a sudden things you can see Leeds scoring goals, can't you? And I think you mentioned it earlier on about how uh, Alioski seems to seems to improve when he's got Saez around him Definitely. as well. You can see it, you can't know, you? You can see it again, a confidence yeah. thing. He looks like a different player. But I also like as well, like touching back on Heckingbottom and linking in with the Alioski thing as well. I think the great thing about what he's done is he's given every Leeds player a clean slate. I think you alluded to it in the last yeah. podcast. He's given every Leeds every Leeds player a clean slate, but alongside that, what he's also done is a lot of players who are left footed can play on the right. You know, you see a yeah. lot with Snodgrass, yeah. but I think I think we'd both agree that I think Snodgrass is a level up from Ale- yeah. Alioski. Yeah. But I think what Heckingbottom's done is kind of he's tweaked Alioski's position yeah. a little bit, like for the yeah. past three games, two two games actually, he's but he's played him on the left. Yeah. And you can see it with, you know, how he's attacking certain 
positions on the pitch and stuff like that, it's, it's a lot easier for him because he was predictable before because he's yeah. not got much of a right foot. Yeah. So taking that down the right side, it's not it's not great for him. I think he's only got ever got one option, which is to cut inside, obviously. Whereas him being on the left, yeah. looks like a little bit of a different player. And you saw it when he broke through as well yeah. Yeah. for his goal at Derby, where he did really well. But like you know, Saez has made such a massive difference. But um, yeah, hopefully we can turn it into the yeah, next he's, game. He's an exciting player to watch, isn't he? You know, and you feel as though there's always something going to happen when he's got the ball. So it's great having him back. But yeah, we've had. I think we've had a little bit of a press conference today. It was a, uh, it was I think it was Rad Rosani. It's a Q and A. Phil here's got some of the answers on here, but it's a Leeds United Q and A with Rad Rosani, Otto, and Kinnear. And yeah, a little bit of a summary on that really, because I think it'd be nice to go over this on the podcast. Cause I think we've these are questions from the fans which we've answered and we've we've had um, over and over again really. So the first one was Rad Rosani on who got rid of Rob Green. This is this is the first time you've heard yeah. this, isn't it? So last summer, um, he said Leeds were happy to keep him, but Green wanted a guarantee to play as number one. Um, he was quote uh, Rad Rosani was quoted on saying he preferred to have his chance to move out. In the end, he didn't get many minutes where he went either. Yeah, it's a strange one that from Rob Green, isn't it? But I mean, we've, we don't have Rob, Rob Green's side of the story. We just have uh, Rob Rosani's side, don't we? Yeah, a lot of the tale. You know, so you know, and, and why not? Why shouldn't Rob, Rob Green think that he should be number one because he had a cracking season, didn't he? So why should you know? You would expect that to be an automatic shoo-in for him. So I don't really understand where Rob Rosani's coming from there. You know, we we all know what a good season he had. So why shouldn't it be considered as being Leeds' number one? Why couldn't you give him that guarantee? Yes, yeah, so can't see anything being wrong with that. So I think it probably came down from Rob Green's point of view that um, can you offer me first can team you football? Offer me first time yes football? or no? If not, then then I'm going to be in the same position here at Leeds as I would be with a Premier League club. So why would I go to a Premier yeah, League club? Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, you're going to be getting paid more yeah. there. It kind of from how he's alluded to it here, he preferred to have his chance to move out. Which in the end, if you're not going to be playing ninety minutes for Leeds, yeah. you're not going to be playing ninety minutes for Huddersfield yeah. either. But you get on the bench at Huddersfield, you're getting, getting paid, paid twenty, more. thirty grand more, yeah. aren't you, per week? Yeah. But yeah, um, so then they asked Victor Auto on academy recruitment. Recruitment. They said Leeds are committed to recruiting heavily domestically, but will look for good players abroad too. And I think that's a really interesting one. That because I think with the recruitment that Leeds have brought in already, I think there's been successes. But I think there's also been massive failures as well, and I think I think you know we've said this before, but I think the the big success, obviously Saez, I think Lasaga, still touch and go for me. I think he's doing well at the minute, but you know, is he that striker that you rely on for a season? Possibly, I'm not sure, but I think with the recent recruitment, you look at the investment in for sure. And I think he is just, he's hes exactly what we should have been looking for at the start of the season. He's someone who, like we were saying earlier, yeah. he keeps hold of the ball, yeah. plays intelligent passes, is able to bring players into the game who aren't in the game. I think there's been beneficiaries from him being in the squad. So I think that's definitely something that is definitely more expensive, as we know, recruiting domestically instead of abroad. But do you think that's maybe somewhere we something we should yeah. be looking at for the future? Because Leeds have looked, we've looked abroad for years now, haven't we? And I mean, yeah, has I mean, it worked really? I, I, was, I was having a chat with somebody who's um, was on the inside at Ellen Road, which I've not told you about just just a week or so ago. And I asked him about the under twenty threes, and I said whether he felt there was an opportunity for any any member of that 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 squad to to move up into the first team, and he and he thought not. 
Oh, really? I thought there might be the odd person that could, but, but generally they were a very average bunch. So I'm not quite sure where the club's going with that. You know, the, some of the younger players, by the way, the young, younger than, than in the present under-23s, under-18s, have got some good lads there, yeah, which really well. could start to, 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 to move. So I'm not really under sure about the under-23s. They've obviously put a bit of money in. They've brought um, foreigners in as well as, you know, I think the splits is about 60-40 in favour of homegrown players in the under-23s. But they're not lighting any fires, so... I really don't know, you know, I, I, I don't know what, why not go out there, you've got to have a decent under 23s, but really that should be the feeder for the first team, and at the moment, where should your investment be, it should really be in the first team, and maybe the under 23s, maybe it should be a, a lower age group, you know, you're looking at that lower age group, you should be looking more at the under 18s, and seeing what can we pull from that, you know, the under 23s, is that just, just another sticker for a reserve team really, isn't it? the way it used to be. Yeah, I mean, I think there's been there's been a few improvements. I mean, there was a there was a massive win over the Forest under twenty three, wasn't there? Which they haven't had since September, and they beat Wednesday at the weekend. Which you know, is a step in the right direction. I think there's a couple of them. There's a lad called Adrian Balboa who's in there as well. Um, and obviously there's there's I think there's a lad called Oriel Ray and Tom Pierce yeah. But like you say, step it that step up's huge, step up, isn't it? That's what it's all about. It's a Connor, huge step up, isn't it? So I'm the, not sure where they're going with it. You know, it needs to be. You know, for me, the under twenty threes, they really are leads. The, the, the squad players, aren't they? I mean, I'd look at one of the, the the squad and the actual listing. I think all the under twenty threes on the main team sheet, aren't they? You know, yeah, yeah. Alan Rhodes. So yeah. the scene has been part of the squad, but not many of them have really got a chance of getting in there. I don't. Well, they've think, got to so. prove the worth, haven't they? Really, they've really got to prove the worth. So, but yeah, so he's also still out on that one. He's also talking about the changes for next season. Said this season isn't over, but he has learned. This is Radrazani. He has learned lessons from it. Football is a faster moving business than any any other business he's been involved in. Says he needs to devote more time to hiring players slash staff to make sure he's getting the right people. And that's that's uh, for someone new coming into the English game. That's always that's always a highlighted that's a highlighted thing for them, isn't it? That they don't maybe they're possibly a little bit naive. Yeah, maybe they're yeah. thinking that they can. I mean, we, you know, you've seen it in the recruitment, maybe with the the, the style of player and the, and the style of manager leads employed at the start. Obviously, they were it's talking really about Thomas Christian. It's really odd, isn't it? It's a strange thing to come out with, Con. I mean, I, I saw um, it, uh, it's come out apparently that Brazzani played paid Chile not forty five million for Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he's bought the ground back out, which was at twenty million, something mm. like that. So you know. He's financed something like the best part of sixty-five million pounds worth. I think more than that, but yeah, of money in just in those, you know, buying buying, yeah. buying the club and also buying the ground back, and there's everything else that goes with that. You'd think, wouldn't you, that uh, he's probably thinking, well, I need the experts in place here, but you would think he would take more of a direct involvement. You know, he's admitted that. You know, I would have thought, you know, if I'd have been playing around with that kind of money, I'd have really wanted a more of a hands-on approach. Steve Gibson type of approach where he's very much involved with the club mm. and it's central to what he does you know maybe Radrizani has got to keep other things going in the background with his other businesses because fundamentally that's probably going to help Leeds but maybe more time but at Ellen Road really spending more time at Ellen Road Definitely. And, and, yeah. and really being involved and seeing what's going on because he's done like the we all know he's done wonders for Leeds and the fact that this this I mean this Q&A yeah. asking you know LUFC ask fans or whatever it is you, you know you, I mean, when, when, when would we have had that? We wouldn't have had that in the past twenty-five years. So that's super. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, I think, I think, I think, yeah. I think that's it's. it's uh, but, but it's, I think really, Connor needs to get his 
you know, if he can really, really be, I know it's, it's obviously, it's, you know, it's his money, it's his club, he's very enthusiastic about it, but I think it, it needs to become more personal. You know, yeah, we've spoken so about too, yeah. Gibson. Yeah. I mean, he's a fan, isn't he? He's a fan, so it's always going to be very close to his heart. Um, let's hope Rajasani can become a, a fan of a club that he owns, and it really does become very personal to him. You know, because he really, if if it if it can be very personal to him, it's going to be a love, and it's going to make it easy. It's you can't roll from a, easier you can't roll brilliant. I mean, you see it even at the you see it even at the top level, don't you? You see it with like. Yeah. Um, uh, Abramovich, he's there yeah. every, he's there every week, well, and there's it. there's a connection yeah. with the fans. It's, but with you I'm know, you look at no, you look at you look at someone like you look at someone done. like Kroenke at Arsenal, who's never there. Yeah, and there's a little yeah. bit of the the fans like a bit of an affiliation and a connection yeah, with the owner, don't they? They do, they do. Um, but yeah, an interesting one on um, on season tickets. Kinnear says the club are trying to make prices affordable as possible by freezing prices and spreading payments. Um, and then we move on to the badge, the controversial yeah. badge. Yeah. Rad Rosani on why he wanted to change the badge. The badge, in his opinion, should say Leeds United on it. And the coming centenary is the right time for a fresh start. So this is with the announcement that Leeds will now be uh, delivering the new badge in the 2019-2020 season. So I know you've had a lot to say on this. So. I think that's fair enough, Connor. You know, it's, um, you know there's nothing wrong with uh, the name Leeds United appearing on a, on a, on a club badge. That's fine. We just want to have something on that badge that represents our city and the football that's played in that city, in my opinion. There seems to be a, this, this weird fascination at Ellen Road with the Yorkshire Rose. Well, that's not unique to, to Leeds United, the Yorkshire Rose. Mm. There's maybe uh, 10 professional football clubs in Yorkshire who've all got a claim to the Yorkshire Rose. I guess the White Rose you know? would be Leeds' is button. Yeah, yeah, so, push. yeah, yeah. So, it's, so every, you know, 10 teams at least have got a claim to that. You know, we've got this massive... It seems to me that we need to be concentrating on more on Leeds United than Leeds, Leeds as a city, you know. But if he wants to incorporate Leeds United, that seems to make sense, especially if you're trying to brand the club abroad. Mm. Yeah. You know, not, not many of them will recognise LUFC running through a badge. Leeds United... It's global. Quite, That's quite, what I'm saying about clearly it. states who we are. Global you know, branding I think it well. should be Leeds yeah. United Football Club. I think that, it, that, should be, that should be on there, you know. It shouldn't just be Leeds United following the... Man United. Um, yeah, train of thought. Train of thought. Um, a few years ago, but that's it, what we are. We're a football club. But the controversial, the controversial one, obviously, that's got a lot of Leeds fans, including myself, talking. Is you know, so Phil A tweeted out. You know, obviously, I think there's been a question about Saez and Jansen. So Otter on retaining Saez and Jansen if Leeds are both in the Championship next season. They both have long-term contracts. We are really keen to maintain these players in the squad. But like Chris Wood, if a player wants to leave, it's very difficult. Rad Razani said he's one of the he's one of the view that leads an our club where players want to be at more so than when he first arrived at the club. So I mean, you can dissect that in two ways, really. I mean, you can say there's there's the A side which says you know like you know at least he's being honest and a lot of I mean he's been realistic there. If if the players want to leave, then they want to leave. We all know that. Um, but for I mean, for me, for me, it's a difficult one because for me, I, I see that as the that, that as, as a football fan, as a football fan of Leeds United, that doesn't reassure me at all. To be honest, um, I, I understand where he's coming from, and I understand that he's been honest with the fans. They both have long long term contracts, and they're keen to maintain them. But for me, I was saying to you earlier, wasn't I, that you know, if you've got even the 
the mediocre clubs in the league, like you know, like a Norwich who've just let Pritchard go for fourteen million. If they're looking for another CAM, um, or and they've got fourteen million in the back pocket, I mean, why not put that in for size? Because for that, for, for me, what that's saying is, but like Chris Wood, if a player wants to leave, it's very difficult. I understand that, but that's saying to me, if a club wants to come in with a decent offer, then we'll look at it and we'll we'll we'll, we'll kind of assess yep. that. Yep. Instead of instead of just rejecting it and saying straight away, no, they're not for sale at all. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a difficult one, that isn't it? We'd all be really disappointed. Um, you know, we'd like to see that Jansen will be at least for a few years. He's got a good contract, hasn't he? So he's got a few years left on that one. And he's passionate. He seems to have a real connection with the with with the Leeds fans and the club. So I'd be I'd probably be more disappointed if Jansen moved on. Oh, really? Strangely, yeah. I think Saez uh, is 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 a great player, but but for me, is 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 I don't think there's a real connection. I think when he heard of Leeds United, um, and you know he he heard of the crowds that that he could get in the second tier, compared to where he'd been playing before, yeah. he thought, wow, what a, what a place to come and play football, and uh, and and he would have been thinking maybe I could be the catalyst to getting that that club into the Premier League. Well, from his point of view, that's probably not going to happen this season, which means that he won't be in the Premier League next season. And all players are ambitious. They want to be playing at the top level. They want to be um, trying to achieve things. And maybe he's just being pragmatic, Connor. And he's just thinking, um, I don't see me achieving that level of football that I want to be playing in the next two to three years. Well, what I think... So, and the club probably recognise that. You know, even though they want to keep him on board and see him as being integral to their plans. But, you know, if somebody's going to come along and offer Leeds 20, 25 million to say he's... From a club's point of view, do you view, accept that? I don't. I don't know if you, you know, accept that. Maybe not. Maybe not. But from a club's point of view, that's that's quite a chunk of money that you could reinvest. Well, what, well, what I don't understand is, I think the you know you talk about the Chris Wood money. I mean, I, I, I mean, we, I think the, the the new thing on that is that the, there was a seven uh, uh, seven million pounds of that went on the the wage structure that's increased. Um, I don't really know where that wages have gone because I don't think. Uh, seven million quid on investments in January. Yeah, well, I guess. Uh, well, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, so evidently there's not that much, you know, on transfer fees that maybe Radrazan is dipped into his own pocket. Um, but you know, like for example, when you look at let's say Fulham last season, Tom Kearney, who was you know their their big yeah. player of Newcastle, I think offered twenty twenty five million for last season. Last season they were rumored to get him for a, a long while. But Fulham held out and they wouldn't sell him, they wouldn't sell him. And obviously Kearney, he probably, he probably, his head was probably turned. And Sessignon, who's the 17-year-old lad, yeah. Spurs wanted him, offered £20 million, rejected. And that's for me, that's ambition. You look at where Fulham are now, Fulham are probably going to be a top-two team. They're probably going to get in that top-two. And, what, and what, what, I think yeah. is, what I think is, with that statement, you're coming out and, and you're being honest. But when players run short-term rolling contracts, it's easier for both parties for them to leave. Um, play, with players now on long-term contracts, I think Leeds have to be saying, like Fulham, they're contracted players and they're going nowhere. Yeah, I mean it's difficult because I think probably what why Rajasthan has not had as much time at the club as 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 I would personally like is probably because he's been away there trying to create some kind of investment interest in in Leeds. So maybe at the end of the day, there isn't quite the money there that we think there would be, or there wouldn't be a problem in keeping players. Like this tied to the club, but I don't think it's all a money thing. I really don't. But if you were, you know, if, I think you... if you were Says or Jensen, you know, um, yeah, of course, they'd like to be earning more than fifteen, twenty thousand pounds at Leeds. You know, if another club's going to offer them, you know, 
30, 40,000 pounds a week, then of course they're going to be attracted by that. But I don't think it's solely that. You know, they'll be looking at, at, at the club and thinking, where am I going with this? I've only got a short life here in football. I want to achieve things. And again, they're just going to be looking at it realistically and thinking, you know, I want to move on. You know, if I don't see real progress, I want to move on. And Chris Woods came to that decision himself, didn't he? And a few players have done that in the past. We've seen that. But we I don't think see a future, unfortunately, with our club. But, but, what, but, but why? Why? Why are you? Sorry, Conor. The point I'm trying to make here is that um, you know they've got to balance the books. You know, maybe we just don't have the money behind the scenes to keep players like this on board. Well, then we don't succeed, then, yeah. do we? Yeah, I know. That's I know. That's, that's that's the bottom that's dollar, a, really. Tough ask, and that's why Fabrizani maybe needs to show us more money, even though he's put a huge amount in already, or he needs to be bringing on board other investors. I think. If you Victor Orta in that scenario, if players are under contract, we want them to stay. And you, I think, I think you've got to, I think you've got to give them a bit of vote of confidence. I think you've got to come out and you've got to say, we're going to build the team around Jansen. The team's going to be built around Saez in, in an offensive standpoint. I don't think you build points around our negatives, which I feel like he has done in that press conference. Um, it's difficult though because um, yeah, if you came out with a statement like that and we're going to build our team around Saiz and we're going to build our team around Jansen we want them to be the mainstay of the team and then in three or four months time they move on then their credibility is going to be shot to pieces mm. you know, all of a sudden well, okay, those two players have gone uh, you misunderstood what they wanted out of Leeds what are you going to do about that now so I don't think they can, can really come out publicly and say that they might be able to pull them on one side and I'm sure they do do this and really emphasise to those two that they are important to Leeds United going forwards. I'm sure they do that all the time. But but wouldn't know, that give wouldn't that give the players confidence if you come out and just say we are going to keep these players period and, and instead of instead of kind of leaving the door kind of half and, open. And I guess the the, the the club have done that with Chancellor. They've offered him. I think they did it last year. They offered they offered him an extended contract. I think it means anything so now, does so, it? But that's a vote of confidence from Leeds, and he was happy to sign it. So. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's a difficult one. It's, it's. I think um, he said the same himself, Rajasani today, didn't it? That Q and A, that's never, it's, it's never known a business as fast moving as football. It's fast, yeah, it's and fast it does, And it moves very, very quickly. So something that seems as though it's in place right now, and maybe for the next season, really, maybe you can't plan that far ahead in football. Maybe you can't. You know, we see that with managers, don't we? For the season ahead, you know, that's all you can do, and. Very difficult to plan for the following season and the season afterwards. All you can do is try your best and have the best building blocks in place. Mm. So, interesting stuff, Con. I think, all in all, you know, the way it's gone over the last year, you know, it's been a bit of a mixed bag, hasn't it? You know, about a couple of coaches in. You could say that we've actually regressed on the pitch in terms of where we were last year. We're probably not going to finish anywhere near that 75 points talk that we finished off on last no, year. No, I don't think so. So, I know it's strange, kind of, we've regressed a little bit on the pitch, but in terms of the club as a whole, we've moved, it's been a giant step forward. So, a lot more positive. A lot more positive, yeah, yeah. There really is. So, uh, let's just see how it goes over the next few games. For me, it's all about next season, though, and I'm sure it is really in the back of Radrizani's head, you know. But certainly in uh, Heckingbottom's head too. Mm-hmm. Right, we're going to wrap it up. So if you've enjoyed the podcast, please like and follow our Twitter page and follow our Instagram page. And um, we'll see you later.